we but mirror the world. All the tendencies present in the outer world are to be found within us. If we change ourselves, the tendencies in the world will also change. This paraphrased quote from Mahatma Gandhi is the basis of the program you are about to hear. I'm Dedalian, and this is Shining Stars, a program dedicated to searching out and bringing attention to individuals and organizations that are fostering positive change within our community and within our world. My guest on Shining Stars today is an individual that I first heard about through an article in the Lansing State Journal. He's originally from Honduras, but he made his way to the U.S. at a very young age. Uh, recently, he was a participant in the Samaritas Youth Refugee Art Exhibit. And Lansing State Journal detailed some of his background within the article, but details that only offered a small glimpse into what I saw as a brave individual. In one of the final paragraphs of the article, he explained why he shares his story, and that's what prompted me to invite him here on Shining Stars today. His name is Edwin Hernandez Ventura. Welcome to the show, Edwin. Thank you, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Like I said, this, the article in uh, LSJ was primarily about the art exhibit, and as I mentioned before as well, uh, it only gave a brief glimpse into your story. So can you give us a little bit of an idea of how and why you got to us here in the States? Well, as any story always have a beginning, right? It does. <laughs> um, I can consider myself that I've been an immigrant before actually becoming the real immigrant in this amazing build-up immigrant land. I came from El Salvador first. Uh, okay. I've, yep. And from Honduras, everything was related really good until um, 11, to be precise. My mom decided to, to make her life with this gentleman, and and he turned to be a nightmare. And what do you mean by that? Your stepdad? Aggressive, you know, threatening. Um, actually, the, the May day, the day that I took the decision to come here to the United States, it wasn't a plan. Mm -hmm. It wasn't something that I scheduled or anything. He just one day, out of his mind, came drunk to home. With that revolver, um, he started throwing to that revolver to me, and he basically just just fired, but he was too drunk to know that the gun was locked or empty with no bullets, and the thing didn't come out. And, and to be clear, the reason he was doing this is because you identify with the um, LGBTQT plus community. Is that correct? Correct. And he he was aware of that? He was aware of that. That's very scary. Okay, and you are 11 years old at this time. Yeah. He's coming at you with a revolver, and obviously there's this point where you're going, I've got to get out of here. Now, was your mom on the same page at that time? Interesting, and I will leave this to the public and, or, or to you too. I haven't answered that question to myself. I cannot be certain because when he actually did that and, and, and tried to shoot me and, and, and all that, um. Things were break. Things were break in the house. When all that happened, he ran away and he left the house. My mom locked the doors. And by the old mess that we have in the house and everything, she comes near to me and she said, nothing of this would be happening if you were just not answer him back. I just felt like, wow, like this figure now is with him. So, yeah, you just kind of felt like you were on your own then. Yeah. I could see where that would be um, an overwhelming and scary um, 
moment for anybody, uh, let alone uh, somebody at the age of 11. Uh, so eventually you made your way over to the States. Your first stop was in Texas. Now, once you got to Texas, did you feel like you were taken care of uh, quickly or did you feel like you were just kind of caught in the system? Ca I, I would end up being caught in the system due to the fact that when I entered United States being with Homeland Security, first, immigration takes custody of you. You have certain time, you are in the jail, the children's center, whatever, no. That was a facility of Homeland Security, which I can say it was a jail due to the fact that A, you are locked, you don't have any sense that it's day or night, the only thing you have there is a clock, and they don't provide you with any necessities, and if you wanna go to a restroom, you have to go in public with other 20 people that, yeah. <laughs> trust me. <laughs> and, this, and this is you at the age of, of 12, 13 years old, or actually probably about 12 years old at this point. Yeah, and nothing like, you just there, and it's funny when you lose the sun, the sense of time. Mm -hmm. It became very interesting to interact because you just wake up, go to sleep, you see around, and you're like seven a.m. p.m. Right, right. So being in in that in that center, um, the time the, the time passed until what it was saying to me, not being allowed to be in that detention center anymore. They moved me to this facility, it's called the Children's Center, it's located in Galveston, it was located in, Taxi in Galveston, Texas. Um, in that facility, the purpose is to reconnect, was to see what, what is going to happen with your case. And so my case coming to them was, A, I cannot definitely be reunited with my family back in Honduras, B, I cannot be relocated with my family back in El Salvador. Where are you going? I can only imagine how much of an overwhelming situation that must have been. Uh, but, of course, eventually you found your home here in Michigan, and that was through the organization known as Samaritas. Uh, they uh, relocated you here to the Great Lakes State, and uh, you graduated from Charlotte. Uh, how long did it take for you to get your, uh, in, in order for you to stay here in the States? Of course, you had to get your green card. So how long did it take for you to uh, get your green card? It took until July 20, 2021. Okay, so 18 is when you got it. Is that right? I was 22. 22 years old. So, yeah, 10 years to basically get to that point, right? To get to that point. And uh, first of all, i got to ask you, do you think you will try to get a citizenship down the road? I am, 100%. So you've grown to love or at least like the country, maybe not the bureaucracy, but you like it, yes? I do like it. I, I, I call it home now. That's good. That's good. We are glad that you were a part of our home, too. Thank you. Uh, tell me what's one of the uh, best things that uh, you love about the U.S.? Oh, there's a lot, <laughs> but I think that it, the people actually fight for their for their freedom. Okay. If something is wrong, we're gonna fix it. Yeah. In that sense, in any perception, in any, I'm not saying if you're right or wrong. It's just the sentiment alone of you knowing that if you are not pleased for what is going on, you can you can say that, and that alone is is my purpose that I'm here. And that's why I'm going with my career and doing that. 
Well, I've been a lifelong resident of the U.S., and I can tell you one thing I've seen over the past probably 10 years or so. I've seen more of a willingness to listen, uh, but I've also seen the opposite, too. And uh, my hope is, is that we'll see more folks like you that are willing to step up and have those conversations. Thank you. Not only that, but those that are willing to listen. I think that my, my main purpose um, on this is by the knowledge and the environment that I was exposed in Charlotte, in Charlotte, Michigan, is that the community cares. The people do care. It's just the matter of where and how they're getting that information that they see portrayed. I think that a word speaking that I live, when you say that I, you continue with the strong statement, has more of an impact. So... Tell me if I've got this right then. So your, your, your goal when you're, you're explaining your story is to help people understand what it took to get here, uh, kind of walk a mile in my shoes kind of a deal. And then hopefully in doing that, they gain some empathy into who you are, what you do. And then at the same time to help people understand, yes, I can be an immigrant and yes, I can be a productive member of this community or society as well. Correct. And that that is your goal, right? Correct. Uh, you actually took part in a recent, uh, am I safe to say you were stepping out of your comfort zone by painting? Yep. Okay. Uh, you did a, a piece that you called Follow Your Dreams, and this was part of the Samaritas Youth Refugee Art Exhibit. And uh, this is actually a traveling um, art exhibit, right? Correct. Uh, what's the goal of the uh, art exhibit? Um, to show what my interpretation for how I see it, my art in that is to portray the vivid thoughts, the emotions, or the encapsulated momentums that we all have when we are thinking of what's going to be next. And that is your specific painting that, that you had? Correct. And that's my painting, and that's what I want the people to see when they actually have the opportunity to see my, my painting there. And that that's my perception. Now, Kayla might also share the perspective from Samarita along. Absolutely. Uh, so this exhibit is actually a collection of paintings created since 2015. Mm-hmm. And each painting is the opportunity for one of the youth in our program, similar to what Edwin just shared, kind of share a part of their their heart, their perspective, and then introduce that to the community, giving them a voice, but also giving the community an opportunity to interact with and engage with the stories of these youth in a new way outside of just, you know, the newspaper. And uh, so that exhibit is now traveling around the state to different hosts, giving different communities just the chance to learn a little bit more about who these youth are that are building a future and becoming part of our community. Okay. And we aren't exactly sure when this uh, episode will be airing, so I will just tell you that you can keep up to date with where the location is. Is that correct at the website? Yes. Which is Samaritas.org. Uh, all right, Edwin, you actually were a, uh, when did you attend school here at Lansing Community College? 2019 to 2021. Was that a positive experience? Yep. What positivity can we throw out there about uh, your experience here at Lansing Community College? Reconnection. Reconnection. Yep. One of my, uh, my caseworker, um, my first one, the one who, spoke to me and actually carried out a lot of my answers. He left because his personal reasons. He couldn't tell me where he was going. He'd just say, 
we'll see you again. And I promise that the time you see me again, you will actually be doing something for help others. The reason why I started LCC was A, accessible, near where I was, and the help that they have, tutors, uh, LCC advisors, people who you can actually sit down and be like, hey, what do I need to get from here to here having this? And they were like, yep, this is what you have to do. I go to the help desk in the Cesar Chavez Learning Center, come in, secretary helps me, I ask secretary, um, how you enjoy this group? And she was like, well, you can do it in many forms. You can just come in, do homework, whatever. And here are our business cards. Um, here's going to be the director, the person, and yada, yada. I was like, oh, okay. Oh, my God. I recognize this name. <laughs> is he here? No, he's not. Where is he at? Um, somewhere in Central Michigan University doing a talk. Okay. I'm coming back. <laughs> I'm very taking good. this. So, so did you actually get to reconnect with him here at Lansing Community College? Yep. Oh, after, very good. Very after good. After three years. And, and that's where you're heading next, right? Central Michigan University? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what do you plan to study? Social work. Social work. That's exciting. That's so very you're, exciting. You're, you're basically going to get into the same sort of thing that Kayla's doing, right? Yep. More on hand with the people and to try to portray and and just to show by example how could have done and how we can do to improve. Well, based on what I know about you so far, I you seem to be a very caring individual and I think you're gonna be awesome at it. Thank you. So Edwin, can you take a moment to explain to me what the Refugee Congress is? Refugee Congress is a nonprofit organization that is mainly to trying to work with state and federal government about the situations going on with the refugee community overall, uh, exposing that to or delegate member Congress from the U.S. Congress okay, and also to our governors mm -hmm. and basically trying to explain to them, hey, like this is what is going on with our community. Do something. Obviously, your involvement in this uh, is, is because you are a refugee, right? Correct. When you open the spectrum of refugee, there's a lot. You cannot even imagine like how many types of refugees you can have. All these sort of different perceptions of refugees, we get together and by our experience, thoughts and planning, mm -hmm. we just write letters, do calls, and somewhat be annoying to the people that should be doing <laughs> the work. That's fair. And we try to get an answer. All right. And and you got very exciting news. Are you okay to share that about the Refugee Congress, about you personally? Yeah, I am the one who gave the war a delegate from the state of Michigan. All right. Um, I very much hope that refugee people and people on the immigration system is hearing this. They can reach to me. We can talk. We can have a, a conversation and, and express it and also enjoy the team. We're always looking for people. What is the Refugee Congress uh, website? Uh, it's refugeecongress.org. I am going to ask you that final question that I ask of all my uh, my guests. Are you ready for it? Uh, yeah, give it up. <laughs> Tell me, if you had the ability to snap your fingers and put one thought in the collective consciousness of the entire human race at the same time, what would that thought be? Appreciation for the moment. Oh, you're the first one to answer that one. That's That's nice. So why is that? I think by my experience and my collection of hearing other people, 
we're too worried about the past or what's going to happen, and we just forgot about the now. We just somehow cloud ourselves on things that did happen and things that will happen, mm-hmm. and we're just forgetting that to get there. And when you were there, you're in the now. And I think it's something we all can use a reminder from time to time. Edwin, once again, thank you for coming in. Appreciate you being here. Thank you. And uh, Kayla, I, I should say thank you for your help on this uh, interview as well. Thank you. You take care. Uh, my name is Tadellian, and uh, this is Shining Stars. Remember, we can all contribute something good to this world, no matter how big or small. A simple smile, a friendly gesture. That's all it takes to expand the power of positivity one inch further. I encourage you to find your shining star within by being the change you want to see. Thanks so much for listening to Shining Stars and, of course, sharing your time with me today. I'm Dedalian, and you can listen to this episode of Shining Stars On Demand along with other LCC Connect programs at lccconnect.org.